Hello and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. I am Gurdjit Deegan, Campaign's Creativity and Culture Editor. Joining me today is Maisie McCabe, UK Editor at Campaign, and Matt Barker, our Features Editor. Hello to you both. Hello. Hello. How are you both? Sunny day? It is a sunny day, yeah. It's nice. I wonder how long it's going to last. Sorry, that's a bit negative, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm mainly concerned with trying to get sun cream on my children, although I'm at work, so I'd have to think about that. Someone else is doing it. Leave the childcare people to it, Maisie. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, dude, I would say it's what I pay them for, but they're in state. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I hope the sun cream goes on your kids. This week, we've published our summer 2023 magazine, The Global Creativity Issue, we featured some of the top creative brains in our industry from around the world, asking them about their inspirations, how AI will impact the future of creativity. And of course, we have some canned predictions. Maisie, would you like to explain uh, the idea about this magazine? What was the brief that you gave me? (laughs) I think you kind of (laughs) created it yourselves. I'm not sure I could take responsibility or credit for it even. Um, for those of you who don't know, Campaign traditionally has a magazine that goes out to Cannes, um, and so it's available in the Palais until stocks run out. And when we were weekly, that was just obviously a sort of bumper issue, the weekly magazine. When we were monthly, it was the month, and this, and now we're quarterly, it's sort of the quarterly issue. Um, and so we take the opportunity to sort of theme it around creativity. Um, and this year, I guess we kind of either narrowed or expanded that further by giving it sort of um, a sort of artificial intelligence-esque theme. Um, And as I wrote my intro, when we sort of first, we sort of finished the school reports and had one of our first meetings and you two and Chris Barker, our senior art director, kind of came up with this idea of having an AI theme sort of through the magazine. I think I was like, well, you know, will that seem a bit gimmicky in a few (laughs) months time? (laughs) Which I am more than prepared to admit was um, potentially lacking in foresight. Um, <laughs> because obviously, it's I mean, still relevant. It's, it's still, still relevant. relevant and it'll be relevant next year when <laughs> they take over. Um, but yeah, so it was good. So it was, so some of the features are, have a sort of a, a blatantly obvious AI themed. People have been asked about AI. Um, and then also some of the features, which I think I'm allowed to say, although Chris wanted it to be a bit ambiguous, um, we've actually, he's used AI to create the images that illustrate the piece, even if the piece is not necessarily about AI. For example, with the the cover shows a, a map of the world that's sort of full of kind of um, circuit boards and wires and things. And so he created the original bits of that image through AI and then obviously constructed them together to look like the world. Um, and as I keep telling people, I really wanted like there to be a big fire in the south of France, but I was told it was too small and it looked silly. So instead, we've got we're sort of we've got fire in the north of Canada, which doesn't. I mean, surely it's cold up there anyway. Yeah, but um, but, but I have had quite a few fires recently, famously. Yes, they no, said, that's true. Maybe, so that, uh, maybe yeah. it's a bit scary. Maybe the eye uh, is you know somehow anticipated that. But um, yeah, obviously, I try try to kind of get in Chris's way as little as possible <laughs> with my well, suggestions. <laughs> It's interesting with the cover, isn't it? Because I'm sitting here looking at it, and, and apologies if no one else has seen, uh, people listening haven't seen it, because this isn't going to be great audio. But um, <laughs> it's, it's sort of that looks quite pessimistic, doesn't it? And yet, when you open it up, mainly because there's this huge kind of sugar rush of colour on, so on, on all the colour. pages and so yeah. But the general approach, or, or you know, the, the, the general sort of theme to it, is very optimistic. I think. Yeah, you know? and that's true. So particularly, so we've got um, interviews with some, you know, really 
brilliant up and coming ECDs and directors and many of them have been asked about AI and there's nothing but kind of positivity really enthusiasm of the the opportunities that it might bring yeah I was surprised there was there wasn't more negativity around it but is that me cynical journalist (laughs) (laughs) Uh, everybody seemed they had their own I I liked their different opinions on AI but it was all very much, this will be, this is the future, so we've got to yeah. embrace it, and this is how we embrace it. I think, I think you're right, default setting journalism, <laughs> cynicism, default setting creativity, optimism. You know, <laughs> that's, that's just sort of come out, hasn't it, really? Um, it was interesting, wasn't it? Sort of like, I, um, I think the holding companies chief executives as well were also quite positive about the opportunities of AI and you sort of kind of hope that that isn't just about how much money they're going to save <laughs> I'm sure it's not um, but I really like so Kevin Mulroy who's the ECD at Mischief um, had a really interesting sort of point of view so Mulroy said that AI can't understand how to make simple common sense decisions and added that there will always be a human touch to a really great creative breakthrough that I don't think AI is even close to being able to solve yet so I kind of stole some of that for the close of my intro because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't quite work out how to quote it but um, I thought that was an interesting kind of point of view. Matt, was there anything of the ECD and director profiles that stood out for you? Yeah, I mean, I've used that word optimism just earlier and I think there, there was lots of optimism in there. There was a bit of defiance in there as well that ultimately AI is a tool and it's, it's all about, you know, the, the, the sort of embracing and power of human creative thinking. Um, there was a great quote from um, CJ De Silva on, which I, I know you sort of quoted in your intro and, and CJ's from... TBWA uh, SMP, and she was saying that in Asia, where she's based, where she works, um, technology is seen as, as as a friend. It's seen as something that you embrace and, and you use in your everyday work. It's not something that's going to replace you. It's something that's going to serve you to an extent. And I think that's that's really interesting. I think that's what came across a lot. But also, somehow, it, there's a really interesting blend that, yes, it's about tech, but also it, it seems to be about inclusivity as well, which I thought was really interesting. A, a lot of these people were sort of talking about um, you know, purpose and stuff like that, even though it's uh, women are post-purpose age, apparently. <laughs> you know, it, it's, there's still that sort of, it, it, it's it's a bit more caring. And, I thought, and, and the possibilities that open up are for everybody, which is obviously really interesting as well. So Matt, would you like to tell us about one of the features that you enjoyed doing? You did an AI... Yeah, well, in- I ended up calling it actual intelligence, actual which sounds a bit, it, bit yes. pompous, doesn't it? But the idea was that I'd kind of, trying to think what, it, what, what sort of um, inspired me, but I, I think because I was looking at, um, there's been. I was sent a magazine that used real kind of fanzine kind of aesthetics, you know, from the 80s and stuff like that, but was clearly done on Photoshop or whatever. And I've seen this happen a few times before. It's it's that kind of looking kind of lo-fi, but using hi-fi or, you know, cutting edge mm. uh, equipment. And I thought it wouldn't be interesting if, if we get a lot of digi-native creatives and said to them, okay, you can only use pre-digital equipment, you know, scissors, papers, pens, all, all, all the rest of it. Post-it notes, hundreds of post-it notes. Um, and the results were great. I mean, it was, it, it was so interesting. Um, I mean, it was, it was hilarious as well. The, the, the AND partnerships, the, the team of the AND partnership, they, they basically said to us we had to Google what a letter set is. You know, they didn't, I didn't know that anything. Quote. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Set, you know. I had to Google what that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we had, you know, because uh, uh, we had the sort of teams talk us through the creative process in the first person and, and um the, the team at F- FCB Shout Malaysia called it humbling, um, which which is great. The secret little agency in Singapore, um, they were hilarious. They they said that you know it, the, the cost 
they were the ones that used all the post-it notes. Yeah. That's when they wrote out hundreds oh of post-it notes and then took the photo in the end. They said the cost came to $200, half of which was spent on lager and rice, which I thought was, uh, <laughs> which was great. But I think, again, going back to the end partnership guys, they kind of really summed it up the way a lot of people felt. Um, it made us feel closer to what we had created and truly took ownership of it. Um, and they talked about carrying the, the, the sheet, the poster that they, they um, that they created around the office, and it felt like the most precious thing we'd ever made. You know, it's really interesting. Mm. None of them would do it again, though. No. <laughs> they all said, one of them said that, you know, I, I took two days to do something I could do in five minutes in Photoshop. But interesting how, as a, as a process, it, it brought that kind of closeness to the, to the finished product. So it's really interesting. That's such a great idea, Matt. Yeah, well <laughs> done. And then, as you say, the stories and the way people talk about doing it is as interesting as yeah, the actual yeah. images they've come up with. Yeah, and, and the final, I should say, the results were all absolutely fantastic. They look well. really, really good. good. Yeah. yeah, some really strong ideas, as as you'd expect. And as I say, it kind of fits in with, yes, it's an AI theme, but it's also, it's it's global creativity. So what was so, the brief yeah. that you asked them? What did you ask them to do? Yeah, so basically... Um, to design a poster or a hero um, piece that, that, that would promote a- advertising to a more diverse audience. Mm. Um, and some of the stuff that came in was great. Everything from sort of people using walnuts. Yes. <laughs> to show brains, to sort of show, you know. That this, just this made is, me hungry. Uh, the post-it notes. Um, and then and we had we had a few others. It, it, they're great. It's well, just amazing how much work they put into yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And they I got mean, some of them got the other people in the in the office in involved and yeah. I think it was yeah. I hope. I mean the lovely thing well, the, the way it works is a because everybody got it straight away and and really sort of embraced the challenge of it. But also all the works came back and they were different. They they didn't, you know, you wouldn't think oh that's a bit too much like that one or whatever. Everyone had completely different original ideas which Yeah, was, so would AI make it all the same? Well, this is it, isn't it? You know. Um we were tempted I don't know. We'll talk about this later, but you know the, the original ideas we had all kind of changed and, and mutated as, as as a creative process of putting the magazine together came along. But we were tempted initially, weren't we, to sort of put an AI one in there just as a kind of red <laughs> yeah, herring, sorry, or whatever, yeah, that was which, funny, which, yeah. which we never did. No, but, we. But it would have been funny. I remember we, uh, Matt and I were riffing on ideas. The school reports issue was still going to press, and Maisie was like really busy <laughs> proofreading everything. I mean, obviously, yes, we were too. <laughs> But Matt and I would just take a bit of time on the side and just say, oh, what should we do with this creativity issue? And you came up with this idea and we, it just evolved and evolved, and evolved so much mm. that we, we said, we'll do this, but then we'll do that. And then we just had to really pare it back. Yeah, keep it as simple as possible. And I think that's that's been the beauty of it, of the, of the, the whole piece, mm. really. Yeah. So another feature we pulled together was about inspirational destinations. Um, I think we wanted Matt to really find out about the inspiration behind a creative's thinking where do people get their inspiration from and as this was a global issue I think you suggested perhaps we talk about places around the world yeah so the original the original idea behind this was, was to sort of think about places where creatives go get their juices flowing if there's a you know it could have been a cafe could have been a record shop could have been whatever and then as you say we we, we opened that up um to cities Initially, and then one of the, one of the, one of the suggestions came back, and it was brilliant, and it clearly wasn't a city. I'll I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. So it became destinations, um, and and it was great because there's a real mix in there of 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 you know the obvious ones. I suppose if you're talking about an inspirational city, you're going to say New York, you're going to say Tokyo, Barcelona. You wouldn't necessarily say Margate. Thanks, Vicky. 
<laughs> she'd fight you for that, I think. <laughs> she would, yeah. Vicky Maguire, CCO at Hamas yes. London, yeah. She and lives then, there, so she loves, she does oh, right. really li- love okay. Margate, yeah. One of my favourites was Natalie Ramirez of, of, of Maker Lab. Uh, she was talking about Utah. Um, and the five national parks that are there in the, in, in the state, I, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about Utah, to be honest with you, really. But they're called um, International Dark Sky Parks. And you can basically sort of lie back and look at the Milky Way and just, you know, dig the stars, which sounds wonderful. And again, it's one of those pieces where everybody had different ideas. We spoke to lots of people uh, around the world. Trevor Robinson from Quiet Storm. I really like um, Trevor Robinson's one on Barcelona yeah. because he's he talks about um, a previous girlfriend who took him there. Mm. Um, but then he also talks about the Sigrid de Familia, which he, he writes that the cathedral wasn't designed to be finished. Um, and I, I love that from when I visited a few years ago, um, just the interest kind of around it. One thing that I should say about the Inspirational Cities piece is that it is, um, yeah, it's one of the features where Chris has kind of played with AI. So the imagery that accompanies the text um, is um, is kind of, you know, surreal and colourful and slightly bonkers. Is it the um, Statue of Liberty that doesn't have a head? It is, yeah, yeah, in, in the right up of... Um, New York, and actually, you could almost argue Sagrada Familia looks more intact in AI than it does in in real life. Um, we've also got the Christ, the Redeemer, and Rio. Also, looking well, that has a head. I know. I wanted to. I wanted to check that as well. I'm trying um, to find the cheese. There was something with that had was made of cheese. I can't remember what it was. Um, but yeah, they're good fun. Oh, there it is. It's part. Some of the buildings in Rio appear to be made of cheese. Which, I mean, you know, why not? Right? More a, cheese in our life is always good, I think. I had a sneak preview of, of seeing this story online, actually, and it looks great because you can go in on details. All, all the pictures are blown up a bit, so you can um, look at all the cheese buildings. Oh, well, look forward to that being online. So another feature we have is Lost in Translation. Um, Maisie, would you like to tell us a bit about that one? Yeah, so this is something our colleague Imogen Watson put together she did a really great job, spoke to lots of um, really thoughtful, creative people about the impact of moving around the world. Um, and so we kind of wanted to look both from a sort of, you know, kind of workplace kind of settling in perspective and also in terms of how that translated and impacted their work. So I spoke to people like David Colbush, Felix Richter, um, Shelley Smola, um, Jim Curtis from BBDO in Australia. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. So I thought, you know, again, Chris used AI in some of the imagery to accompany the piece. But, um, you know, we had Shelley Smola sort of describe this sort of vision of like coming over. It's, I mean, I guess it's quite apt coming to London when the sort of sun was shining and deciding to move here um, and then being quite shocked when um, the reality of it kind of kicked in. Um, and I really loved um you know, the sort of quote from Sanam Petri, who just sort of described coming to RGA's London office um, and being the kind of resident American in an office of 70 men who grew up on Blur. Part life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's sort of interesting. And it's actually, you know, there's a little reality check there, I suppose, for people, because some of them describe becoming, yeah, the resident American or treated like someone, you know, the kind of Crocodile Dundee kind mm. of character. Um, and actually, you'd hope that now in inclusive work, you could, you would argue that that probably was never correct, but 
particularly mm-hmm. now, you just hope that people were a bit more sensitive to um, people from from different countries. You know, there's it. It just reading back some of the anecdotes. I know. Felt you know they've, they 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 jarred with me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I sort of um, and hopefully we've presented them in a respectful way. The other thing that was really interesting as well is, is particularly with, with people who are sort of working over here, is how. Um, the, the fact that you know they they weren't Brits meant meant that they could avoid things like the class system and and all this sort of stuff and um, and sort of work between the cracks there and, and and sort of use that to their advantage, which I thought was quite telling. I mean, I love the idea of Colbush being like put into a working man's club at like <laughs> I don't know how old he was, twenty four or something. It's good fun. I mean, it's you know the genius of Robert Savile, I think probably. Were there any other features, Maisie, you wanted to talk about? Well, I mean, really enjoyed your interview with Susan Hoffman, the Wyden Kennedy legend. Um, as, did you enjoy speaking to her? Yeah, so she's uh, based in Portland. So she was obviously over in London for a while and I met her um, last year. I was very impressed um, with with her and just the way she talks and she has so many anecdotes. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I interviewed her in a hotel room in Brighton <laughs> on Zoom. Not, not she didn't join me in Brighton. I was uh, there for, for a conference that we were ho- ho- hosting um, at a campaign. And yeah, as, as, as I expected, there was so much uh, about Dan and uh, David. Because she, she joined Wyden Kennedy really, really early on in her career and has really, really, really been influenced by them. And she had all these silly little, I couldn't put everything in. There was so much, we just talked for ages. There was so much uh, great stuff from her, stories here and there about how that experience helped her form who she is today as a creative. And everyone I spoke to was, Susan is all about the work. And it shows, doesn't it, with the work that Widens does and Susan puts a touch on it. Um, She's very impressive. Yeah, I mean, I really want to meet her. I don't know, I've not met her. But you, you really get a sense of who she's a, as a person, and also how she um, is just constantly striving to make better work, and you know, just really kind of interesting and powerful mm. when people are like that. I think. So she's got the the line of Saint Mark in Cannes, um, which is the Lifetime Achievement Award. So there's uh, a bit of um, kind of talk around that as well, um, and she's I think she's going to be talking in Cannes. Great. So that's a lot of features that we've spoken about that are in the mag. There are plenty more. All of the articles will be going online over the next couple of weeks. So look out for them and also look out for the magazine. Maisie, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about the magazine? Well, I mean, one of the things that I thought was uh, really impressive about the way you guys all put together was just the sheer volume of really interesting, insightful, talented people who were kind of quoted and involved. It's a like a brilliant achievement, I think, from all of you of putting that together. Um, and thank you so much to everybody for their time. You know, everyone's always so generous with their time to speak to us. So we've got um, Alex Greaves, who is incredible, David Lubars, Darren Bales, Rick Brim, Vicky Maguire, Nils Leonard, Laura Georgian Bambach, Harsh Kapida, Debbie Van Deven, Greg Hahn, David Colbush, Guillermo Vega, 
Chaka Zabani, Sanam Petri, Felix Richter, Kate Stanners, Andy McLeod, Susan Hoffman, Freddie Powell, Helen Rhodes, Shelley Smoller, Jim Curtis, Charlene Chandrasekharan, Dan Morris, Kevin Mulroy, Chris Birch, Johnny Parker, Mark Elwood, and many more. I just want to say thank you to everybody for all your time. And yeah, well done kind of coordinating, I guess, to everyone on our team. We did really try to bring as many voices as possible in there, didn't we? Matt? We absolutely did. I, sh- I should say there are also 40 mascots on the map <laughs> as well. Look oh, yes, yes, sort of... your brand mascots. Yes. Yeah. So that, add to that list. And also, our, um, I should mention as well, our, our colleagues in Asia Pacific and also in the US contributed writing um, some of the profile pieces suggesting people for people to speak to and helping to commission some of the actual intelligence yeah um bits as well so thank you so much to everybody from the the other campaign teams you really kind of really made the magazine what it is so thank you matt and Maisie. uh that is all we have time for today as mentioned earlier the magazine will be in Cannes. a few of us will also be in Cannes, and the campaign podcast we will be recording daily Uh, a big task from Cannes on the ground with some of the latest news. So listen out for that next week. If you'd like to learn more about what we have been discussing today, please visit our website, campaignlive.co.uk. Details of our subscriptions are available at campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership. If you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us, like us and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. A big thank you to Haymarket Studio Manager Nav Pal and also to our producer Aidan Lyons from Rethink Audio. And to you for listening, I hope you will join us next time. On behalf of the campaign team, goodbye. <laughs>